0: In March 1975, JP Narayan famously said, quote, If you are fascists, then so am I. Unquote. He was addressing a Sangh conclave in Delhi, attended by the RSS and Jansankh Kader with their leaders. And these words gave the RSS much needed validation. It helped cleanse its image in the public eye after Gandhi's assassination. The stain had persisted despite getting a clean shit from the Supreme Court. Months later, in June 1975, the Congress lost the election in Gujarat, failing to get a majority. This was one of the earliest instances of a hung verdict in India. On June 12, 1975, the Allahabad High Court had ruled against Indira Gandhi on charges of election fraud. The Supreme Court also rejected her plea challenging the High Court verdict. That's when JP, in a speech in Delhi on June 25th, urged the police and military to not follow Indira's orders. That day, a few minutes before midnight, the president declared the emergency, and this was on Indra Gandhi's behest. It was ratified by the parliament the next day.
1: hindu
2: bhumesukham vartito ham bharat ko hona hai
1: visheshta ye nahi hai ki log samanya hai ki asamanya hai visheshta ye hai ki ye samanya logon ne asamanya kaam karke rss has been in my life since i was born giving priority to Shaka work or activities was encouraged and desired above all else
3: Media prachar focus. The the
2: what they are very good at is what I would call the duplicity of public appeal. Vinayak Damodar uh, Savakar, who in many ways disliked the RSS and hated Go Walker.
0: Like Hedgevar. Devras saw the divide among the Hindus as the main problem for the RSS to solve. But for him, the primary reasons for this were caste and economic inequality. Since childhood, he had shown fierce opposition to its practice, even at his own home. And he challenged it again as RSS chief. Here's Bhamar Meghwanshi, who I spoke to, another ex-Swayam Sevak, on his experience of caste discrimination in the organization. And I must add, He's one of the most brilliant and articulate people I have spoken to.
3: मैं एक प्रमुख वजह जिसकी वजह से मैंने छोड़ा वो ये था कि 1991 मार्च में राम मंदिर सोपो या गद्दी छोड़ो एक आंदोलन चल रहा था और उसमें भीलवाड़ा में जो रैली निकल रही थी उस पर पुलिस की गोलीबारी हुई और उसमें दो लोग मारे गए उनके का यात्रा जिले में घुमाया गया था और लेकिन मेरे घर में बने हुए खाने को वहां बैठकर के खाने से अस्थिकलस यात्रियों विश्व हिंदू परिषद के लोगों और संघ के लोगों ने मना कर दिया वो पैकिंग करके खाना वहां से ले गए और रास्ते में ले जाकर फेंक दिया उन्होंने और कहीं और जाकर के किसी शर्मा जी के यहां जाकर के उन्होंने खाना बनवा में और जब इस घटना का मुझे पता चला तो मैंने उनके साथ इस बात को के सवाल किया कि मैं आपके लिए में जाकर मरने के लिए तैयार हूं और आप मेरे घर का खाना खाने के लिए so let me make this clear. The
1: RSS camps and events do not contain caste identifiers. And there is no advantage or disadvantage based on one's caste identity. You don't even know it. But, this does not mean caste does not exist within the RSS. It lives in the shadows, unacknowledged and invisible. Or should I say, it lives with the people. They might not show it. And I speak this from a personal experience. They behave well within the event and camps and shakha. But in their personal lives, they still practice it. Some do. Yeah. And it's not treated like a problem to be solved.
0: So it's a lot like regular... Indians who don't believe in caste but don't want their child to get married yeah, outside the
1: privilege caste. of unacknowledging caste
0: right here's Ram Madhav from our 2013 interview
3: the 60s they yeah. launched this program of mobilizing Hindu saints to declare that untouchability is a sin they got Hindu saints to come on one platform and declare that in this country, Hmm. untouchability is a big sin. This was a great revolution for Hinduism in the 20th century, which Baba, Saab, Ambedkar, Mahatma Gandhi all Hmm. wanted.
0: Modi was building his image as part of his bid to be the BJP's new leader. The RSS was using its vast network to gauge the mood of its cadre on the ground. What it found was overwhelming. Modi was a favorite among its cadre and even the public, seen as a strong, decisive, development-focused politician. All that information, leading up to the election, lined up with the mood that had been building within the Parivar, That Modi be nominated as the next Prime Ministerial candidate of the BJP. But it was easier said than done. The BJP leadership was unimpressed by these ideas, Advani in particular, because it was his time to be PM now. (laughs) And that in itself was surprising for the BJP to go against the RSS ethos by resisting a change in leadership. The RSS made many painstaking yet unsuccessful attempts to bring in a consensus for a change in BJP leadership before the 2014 general election.
1: So, the RSS took charge. During the BJP's national executive meet in Goa in 2013, Narendra Modi was nominated as the BJP's PM candidate for the upcoming elections. This, despite open displeasure from Advani and other senior BJP leaders like Sushma Suraj, Mulli Manohar Joshi, and longtime ally Nitish Kumar, all of whom preferred Advani over Modi. This could not have been possible without the nod from the RSS. And in the run up to the election and during the election itself, the RSS machinery worked openly and in unison to script an overwhelming BJP victory.
0: The BJP won by a margin that took many people by surprise. But it was Modi's popularity, coupled with the Sangh Parivar's formidable organizational strength, that led to a single-party majority government at the center after a really long time. Mainstream media has covered at length the hows and whys of Modi's 2014 win. Several people have written several books. But one less acknowledged reason is Modi being a Pracharak and the meaning and weight this carries for people within the Parivar. Since then, the RSS has taken a much more active role in the electoral process with a hands-on approach on the ground. It stands shoulder to shoulder with the BJP, participating in electoral strategy and smoothening differences within the government and between its affiliates. There is no denying that after almost eight years of BJP in power, there are increasing instances of majoritarian violence by Hindu interest groups aligned with the RSS. And whether it's being garlanded by elected officials or inaction from law enforcements, members of these groups who indulge in violent acts also enjoy political patronage, which extends to protection from the legal system as a whole.
1: The question is, will the RSS take responsibility or will it stick to its playbook and claim it plays no role in these, quote-unquote, fringe groups? Given the clear and obvious ties between the RSS and BJP, can the RSS get away with washing its hands off the BJP's social, political and economic failings? And can the BJP ever go against the RSS's fundamental ethos, either for political ambition or to meet the demands of the electorate?
0: Here's Hartosh Singh of The Caravan magazine on how the RSS exerts its political will through the BJP.
2: Bhagwat has publicly contradicted the stance of this government, including Modi on any major issue. Can you tell me one instance where Modi has gone and challenged a view of the RSS, or ever taken it on head-on on on something that the RSS has taken a stand on? Do you think Modi even dares to do that? Modi is, in the end, just. I'm saying it is... Basically, the BJP is the political wing of the RSS. Modi is the head of the political wing. He has considerable Liberty in many areas, but when it comes to governance, what, what has he achieved? He has done administratively nothing. The only things he has achieved that will count as achievements in his eyes are the things that he's done for the RSS. That was just a sneak peek because this episode is behind a paywall. If you want to hear the entire episode and more amazing podcasts like Let's Talk About and NL Hafta, subscribe to News Laundry. Support independent media, support News Laundry.